0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session.
2: Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. See, so Thursdays at our new time. 1 p.m. Eastern. So I hope you all are here with us and it is a better time for everybody. Um, I am Renee Small, your initial co-host, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people hire great talent. And before we get started and go around the horn, I want to make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And what else should we be doing, James? James is coaching us. so so
1: your youtube channel and on every single podcast listening platform make sure to subscribe to breaking into cyber security and give these guys a five star rating (laughs) five stars five five if you want to give four stop don't do it just subscribe and stop five five stars
2: that's it so we'll go this way james
1: (laughs) all right good afternoon it's 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 thursday afternoon um February 4th, 2021, for those who don't know what the date is today. Yes, we are in the month of February. Um, I'm James Azar. I'm a global CISO for a uh, fintech organization. I am also the host of the Cyber Hub podcast and CISO Talk podcast and joining this awesome group, Breaking into Cybersecurity. Hi.
2: Woo! Chris Folon, my other brother. So these are my brothers from another mother, and da- and Dan is like my dad. My can can you have a dad a dad from another? Mo- I don't think you could do that. Well,
3: <laughs> you know, we we yeah. just can't get away from the age thing. What so could do a special about hiring gray hair?
2: <laughs> so let's do Chris. Chris, introduce yourself, sir.
4: First, I wanted to say James has had five double espressos. That's why he, has, he comes with all that energy today. But yes, um, I'm Chris. I'm, I'm the co-host for Breaking into Cybersecurity. Started with Renee about two years ago. Love it. Um, I'm also a senior manager at a major uh, financial institution. Happy to bring my knowledge here and help everyone break into cyber.
3: Uh, Dan? Uh, Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. I'm a business and sports psychologist. You might wonder what I'm doing here. Uh, We're working on mind game strategies for people in, in cybersecurity, what their challenges are, and how to take what a professional athlete uses on a regular basis and bring it over to cybersecurity.
2: And that is what Dan is doing here. Awesome. So some peeps have already arrived. Hello, family. Hello, Solomon. Patrick is here. I'm waiting for Patrick to crush it. Patrick has these job offers going his interviews. Patrick going. is
1: gonna crush it, and he wrote for those who don't know Buenas Dias. That is Bonjour in friend. Buenas dias is Bonjour, bon like good day <laughs> in Espanol.
2: It's gonna it's gonna be Wait. a struggle for James. I can already tell.
1: <laughs> you no, know, I, I am <laughs> not struggling the, like, today. I
2: <laughs> The one one o'clock time. No, the the struggle is going to be piping you down, not bringing you up. (laughs) It's going to be a struggle bringing you down.
3: (laughs) See, see, Chris said it before it's the the double, triple espressos because everybody's sitting in a chair except James. James looks (laughs) like he's sitting in a chair.
2: (laughs) Wait till I get my
1: standing desk,
3: (laughs) it's on order.
2: Oh, boy! Oh, brother! Oh, boy. Okay, Preston says hello. Hey, Preston. Um, And Sanita says hello. Hey, Sanita. So, awesome topic for today. We've had tons and tons of people who are always trying to make a career transition. Um, Well, before we get into the topic, let's talk about 221 people hired in 2021. So, first and foremost, congratulations to us all. We got nine. People hired in January. Our goal was ten; we got nine, so we almost hit that goal. Um, those nine people I know are jumping for joy right now because they have had, you know, such a struggle getting into the industry, and now they're in. They have jobs. They're in security, so we are super excited for that. They're um, also
1: not here because they're working.
2: <laughs> they're working. <laughs> they are hard at work which is phenomenal. That's what we want. My what makes me sleep at night. You talk about what makes keeps me up at night, people not working. When people are working and I have a ton of gainfully employed friends, I am a happy camper. So, all these nine people have been at work. It's amazing. We're going to bring them on so they can chat about and talk about their experience. Um, and with that, that was James's big mouth kicking that off at the end of December of, at the end of 2020, Chris chimed in with his big mouth kicked off the 20, 221 in 2021. Um, so he has us literally working hard cause that's four, that's on average four point something, almost five, four and a half people per week, which is nutso. Um, so we're on that challenge folks, uh, Chris is going to drop in. We've been dropping the people that have been getting their resumes done. Chris, talk to us about those resumes that have been getting done. Um, We'll talk about that before we hop into the the podcast.
4: Absolutely. So we've had 291 resumes submitted uh, for review. Of those, we've already reviewed 80 of them. We have over 22 different reviewers. And here's just a sample of some of the feedback that we've gotten um, this week, wildly blown away by the resume analysis. Thank you for your in-depth feedback. Um, Just reviewed your video. Thank you so much for taking the time to review my resume. So we're continually um, looking for new resume um, reviewers. If you have some extra cycles, like to give back to the community, help give back, get some people hired, uh, DM me on Twitter, Chris underscore Foulon, or find me on um, LinkedIn, Christophe Fulon, and we'll get you signed up. Um, we'll have the links in, in this um, post if you want to get your resume reviewed and be one of those 221 in 2021.
2: Awesome, Chris. Fantastic. So yes, 221 2021. That is it. Chris has put us to work, hard at work. More people are chiming in. Hey Timothy, he says, good afternoon, everyone. My buddy Nandy says, congratulations to the team. That is a big deal. Getting nine people hired in a month is a big deal. But now Chris has us going for 20, like well, but
1: I think people have to understand what the point of 2021, 221 in 2021 means. Because there's it's not about just doing a resume reviews. If you're having a hard time getting noticed, we want you to do a post in LinkedIn and use the hashtag and tag us in that post so we can share it. We got nine people hired folks, not just by doing resume reviews, but by literally sharing their profiles to get them noticed by hiring managers. So, we are out to destroy not destroy is that a too far it's 1 p.m and i am on my fifth espresso we're, we're, we're out to beat the system we're doing GameStop, wall street bets for ats systems
2: hacking the system we're hacking, hacking
1: the system by sharing qualified candidates who don't make it through the first round of selection by having the entire community, everyone who's watching, if you just look it up and share it, we'll get these people jobs.
2: And that's absolutely exactly what's been happening. So Sunita says, wonderful initiative. David says, exposure is everything. That is so, so, so true. Um, Exposure is everything. And that's what we've been doing. So to James's point, it's not just resume reviews, like resume reviews is a very teeny tiny component of this. The real, real power in all of this is that we all collectively got together, used our how many? I don't know how many thousands of, you know, collective um, uh, LinkedIn followers and all the other followers that we've had to share people's information. And I got to remember the young lady's name who did the video. I mean, hers happened in hours. Like I shared her. Ashley. She did a, is her or name Angela. Ashley?
3: I think it's it's Angela.
2: I think it's Angela. So she did a video. You know, James said, "Hey, we want a video." (laughs) He said, "You know, forget this. I want videos. I want to see what who you who you are, what you're like, all that good stuff. Give me some personality." Angela just literally it happened at I don't know eleven by twelve. Angela had a video out, tagged me, tagged us. We shared it around. And I don't know. By five p.m. Eastern that day, she had an offer.
1: Yeah, she had like Something someone actually ridiculous. contacted her for an interview, and and then the next day, um, she, she it was had crazy. A, she had an offer. Yeah, because it was Friday afternoon when she messaged us, right? And she was all like, "Your video thing worked." And I was like, "Yes, thanks to her video." Now every position I hire for, you can't. We don't take cover letters anymore. You have to upload a link to a video and we put a video guideline. We don't care about lighting. We don't care about audio quality because I realize that some people may not be as fancy and have all the equipment. But I just want to hear from you for 90 seconds.
2: Yep. Quick video. Some of is here. Oh, snap. Renee gang, we're back. Yes, we are back. We didn't go anywhere. We are back. Um, so quick, quick video, 90 seconds. If you really, really want to crush it, I mean, Angela, when she comes on, she'll talk to us about it. 90 seconds she put up. I don't even think it was 90 seconds. I think it, it was wasn't. 60. It was
1: like yeah, it, was it was less it was than just, 60. It was it was just about a minute.
2: Right. It was less than 60. She put it out there and very shortly thereafter, got an interview. You know, someone found her, saw who she was, got got an interview and, and got hired in less than 24 hours. So unbelievable way to get people hired. And yes, we're hacking the ATS system. I am in HR and I the ATS systems are so sucky. And I was actually this week watching some HR people um, talk about <laughs> ATSs and how they're the black hole and how they're so 90s and all these different things. Because I think collectively, even in HR, we realize that ATS systems are, you know, they 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 showed up and a little bit of, of a history behind it because I was watching this lady show and I said, you know what, this people probably don't even realize where this came from, in the nineties where you know initially back in way back in the day you actually had to mail in a resume or walk in a resume, like hand over a resume to somebody, right? So dot com boom nineties but all this stuff Monster and all these different um, platforms show up. And then, you know, people could easily kind of almost spray and pray. So now instead of saying, okay, I want to go to 10 companies, I actually have to put a stamp in a mail, you know, put something in the mail or walk it in. Now I can, voila, I can, you know, submit myself to everyone. And what ended up happening is the HR teams and the leaders and all that stuff became overwhelmed. So it's like, okay, how do we corral this? ATM systems show up. This is how they do it. And unfortunately, over the years, they've just become more and more like compliance tools and ways to 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 kind of ding people out of the system, because um, the whole goal is to get it's to, it's really, to, to, you know, it's supposed to be to help the hiring leader really weed out all the people that don't fit and pick people who do. But as we now know, especially in security, it doesn't work like that. Years have passed, You know, it's like 20 something years now, it doesn't work. And so we are here to beat that. So our goal is to use social media, weaponize social media the way uh, Shaylin Sampson said, who came on this show and use it for good and get people hired and get 221 people hired in 2021. So we're gonna need all your help to do that. Um, Oh Renee,
4: you you said it exactly right. Rather than help find people that match it, you said subconsciously to weed out people that don't fit. And that's what exactly how it ended up. Rather than finding people that it does fit, it weeds out the people that doesn't fit.
2: Exactly, exactly. That's what happened. So Mafuz is here. You guys say sixty seconds. Everyone has different struggles. In my case, you can't get me to shut up. <laughs> so Mahfouz, if you <laughs> want to talk, go to the next or- one.
1: Though, go to the next one because you couldn't get him to shut up. He just kept <laughs> going.
2: Love the great advice to help others climb out of ATS stack CVs <laughs> and stand out. Here, Mahfouz, you are too funny.
1: Well, just script it, Mafus. Just literally script it. Just put together a sixty-second kind of script of what you want to say and record yourself. I mean, as someone who does a podcast, who I try to keep it under 10 minutes, if I don't script myself, I can go 14, 15 minutes easily.
2: Yep. So Patrick says, on average, LinkedIn tells me that 185 to 250 people have applied for the job. Usually that alone makes me anxious. Then it tells me how I rank. But the question is how many of those people get interviews? Trying to gauge the percentage, I guess I'm into numbers, and then how many get third phase, et cetera. So Patrick, that's a really good point that um, LinkedIn does do that. I don't know if the rest of you have seen stuff like this before. Sometimes when you go to a job, LinkedIn will have um, how many people applied, how you rank with these people according to your skills, and patrick i just want you to let want to let you know that linkedin skills means the skills that you have ranked on your own it's not even it's not even talking about the skills in the body of your linkedin profile i'm talking about the skills that you have checked off to say i have these skills and sometimes many of us don't even check those skills we don't even go down there we put a little you know we put our blurb together we don't check off these various skills um, Anytime I see those big, huge numbers, I kind of try to stay away from those roles as much as possible. Even if I, when I look at it from a, uh, even from a business perspective, like, go, oh, oh, they're, they're inundated. Um, sometimes companies will feel like when they get that volume, even if it's not good volume, it's like, oh, all these people are interested in us and they're attracted to us and all of that. So my recommendation is to, um, you know, try to find the hiring manager. So when you see the, the things that apply, if you still want to apply to a role that has 100 or 200 people applying to it, I would try my best to connect, find the company, uh, try to connect to an, a, a person in security or, in a, you know, some person of a manager level role, tell them that you're interested and try to kind of get in on that side versus being number 251 or number 186 um to go in the mix of that madness and that, that's that when when i see stuff like that i i tend to completely circumvent or stay away altogether <laughs> anybody else want to comment on that one
4: no that's that's the way to bypass the ats system you said it perfectly nailed yep. it
2: perfect Oh Dan, you're um you're muted, Dan. Okay. Still muted. Okay. There
3: oh, uh, you go. Uh, no, one of the things about the uh, the videos is you can get set up, but what do you say? What language do you use to get somebody's attention? My philosophy, you've probably heard it before. Here is you have six seconds to be different than anybody else. So I was on a call yesterday with a client. And he uh, he's in the payroll. He does payrolls, and his opening remark is, "I keep people out of jail." And then he goes on. People remember that they don't. He want wants to go to jail. It's like the orange prison jumpsuit. You know, we hang it up, and this is something we're never going to let you put on. But again, it's how do you put this message across to who you're speaking to? And understand, you're yeah. going to if you're going to make an impact, uh, the person who here's your interview, has to go and pitch you to somebody else. So how do you work your way and navigate through that and structure and plan, as James had said, for what you're going to say?
2: Exactly. Well, winging,
3: winging only works it until the bar gets raised. And you never know when the bar gets raised.
2: Yep. Winging it is not an option, Dan.
3: No, it's not. No
2: winging it. Okay. So topic for today is the mid-career crisis. And James came up with this good one. So I'm going to let him take over. Um, so, you know, many, many people in the industry are in mid-career They have um are interested in cyber. I get tons of people that reach out to me via LinkedIn, and I know you all do too, who say, you know, I've had 10 years in the industry, I've had 15, 20 years in the industry, and I want to break into security now, you know, and they have experience and like they're they're saying, you know, people are telling me I gotta go all the way back, which I don't believe is true. I don't believe you should take all that, throw the baby away with the bath water, as they say and take all this experience and throw it to the wayside. So today we're going to talk about mid-career hires, the transition, all that good stuff. Um, And we are going to kick it off with James. Go for it, dear sir.
1: So here's why we're doing this topic today. Because often we talk about breaking into cybersecurity. How do I get started? How do I get noticed? I don't have experience. Well, the entry-level positions in cyber get hundreds of applicants. Like Patrick said, if you're applying for a SOC analyst role, you're not competing against 10 people. You're competing against 300 people, 400 people that are looking for that same role. And those entry-level positions in cyber have very, very high high turnover. Where we struggle today, say this from a position of a CISO, is that mid-level management, the VPs, the directors, the team leads, that's where we lack the most qualified talent. So for example, on a SOC analyst, you can get 100 applicants. On a mid-level role, I might get five. So my choice doesn't it really – you can't really hire someone when, when your selection group is five people. That's like an NFL draft with you know just five picks – right, for like 300 and some odd draft picks or however many draft picks there are in the draft, right? It's, it's, it's like there's only like five candidates for 300 roles. And that's where a lot of the people that come on this show week after week talk about, well, you know, I've been a IT manager, I've been an operations manager, a general manager, and I want to get into cyber. And they kind of all think that they need to start at the beginning. And I'm like, not really, you can kind of pick up where you want to go pick a discipline and go for it. Go get that certification for that discipline, take a few courses, self-study, you know, start to get interested in it and then start applying for roles because that's really where the greatest
4: right now shortage of talent exists. I, I would agree with that. Um, The way I transitioned over, I didn't go back after being an IT manager to going to be a SOC analyst. I went straight to being a a manager within cybersecurity because I already had the people management skills. I already had the business experience. I had all of those skills that are needed at that mid-management role that, um, I don't need to start over. I just continued adding skills, continued improving my knowledge, and then showing to the business how I can help solve their problems.
1: But, but that's where we have the greatest shortage, Chris, right? It's, it's that specific kind of, I don't want to say position, but finding qualified managers that can lead teams. And be able to communicate with them effectively, but also be able to communicate with me effectively, so that I don't have to filter their messages.
2: Absolutely, um, Timothy says. Looks like I tuned in on the right day. This is me trying to find change careers at forty-one into cybersecurity.
1: Yeah, welcome to. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's very interesting because I see that with veterans who are like twenty years in the service and. They're like, yeah, I'm applying for a red teamer job. And I'm like, you're a lieutenant in the military. You're a non-commissioned officer. No. Like, you're overqualified for just a basic red teamer role. That's why you're not having any luck. And sometimes, you you know, I'm not dogging job candidates here, but sometimes you as a job candidate need to understand that you've got way too many skills to just be an entry-level employee. You're overqualified.
2: And, and to add to that, overqualification rules you out. You know, people, people get frustrated with being overqualified. And I can tell you as a recruiter who does this very often, um, leaders, when they look at your credentials and you have too much, or like Christy said last, a couple of weeks ago, Christy Rutherford says, you're too cheap. They start wondering like, what's going on here? Something, something's off. Um, and the, one of the first questions or the first points that they make when you're overqualified and you have all this experience is they immediately say, if I hire this person, like this person is phenomenal, all this great stuff. But if I hire this person for this stock analyst role, they're going to be bored in three months. Like, it's, you, you know, they're going to be looking for something else. It's just not the right fit. So James is right. We want to make sure that you can fit into the role, the managers, the mid-levels. He's right on so many different levels. One, um, because I see this daily, this is literally why people hire my company, (laughs) is to find those mid-level people because, to James's point, you get two, three, four, five applicants. You might get 10. They're all bad or all, not bad, but wrong, the wrong fit. Um, And so... Companies will say, OK, we need you to go out there, and hunt for these people and try to find these people. So there is such a huge opportunity within this space for a mid-level person, a person with the extensive experience in the military or elsewhere to put pivot and position themselves to come into security at a lead level, at a team, you know, at a team lead. And another thing I want to add is every single role does not have to be a super technical role because some people feel like oh you know I'm not technical enough I'll give you my own um, my own uh, experience and what's happened to me when I was brought into security I was coming from first HR very long extensive experience in HR and then kind of like a project management kind of staffing staffing you know, project management role, looking at all, it was called resource and capacity management. So looking at 5,000 resources within the company and seeing where they slot into different roles. And the person who brought me over, brought me over as a lead. And he said, you know, all the players, you understand the politics of the company. It was not really heavily into, okay, you understand like how to check, you know, all the technology, it was like, if I need for you to call somebody, if I need to figure something out within the company, I can go to you and you know who to call. You know how to communicate with these people and these various other parts of the organization that my other guys may not. So you wanna make sure that you're looking at your your skills outside of technology, all the things that you've been doing in the military, all of that leadership that comes from leading people, all the work that you've been doing over the years, and translate that into various, uh, security opportunities. So, um, anybody else want to make some points before we go to comments? I
3: I think Ray, you're you're right on target. We've talked over the weeks about unconscious competence. The amount of people I've run into who lead companies, lead teams who don't know what they do well. And the, the, the teams require them to support people, to, uh, to develop people underneath them and you can't teach somebody what you don't know that, you know, so it's, it's filtering out and and putting all these skills and talents in order so that, and then learn how to pitch that when you need to do it. And um, I'd
4: add, so in regards to the overqualification, yes, as a hiring manager, I've worried about hiring someone that would get bored that would um, leave the role in less than a year um, if it's a long term goal that I'm looking for someone to grow into. Um, and one of the comments listed was what about removing certs or removing experience? It will come out, it will come out in an interview, it will come out somewhere else. If you remove stuff from your experience list, it will, I will. I've sensed it like people have said, oh, well, I didn't have all this experience. And then you, you dig into it in the interview and it comes out like, whoa, this is either a diamond in the rough or someone that is very experienced. And then the, the, the question marks go like, well, how long are they really going to stay in this role? Are they only doing it because it's a hop role to go to the next one? things like that. So um, that, that's the show those concerns there. And then with regards to people transitioning from other roles, take what you've learned from those roles, show the problems that you've solved and then relate that to a cybersecurity problem because that's what managers at, and leaders are looking for when they hire those mid-management roles.
2: Yep, exactly. So some comments. Patrick says, I'm so overqualified. (laughs) Patrick, you're applying to the wrong stuff. Christy was on here last week. Christy Rutherford, if anyone was here, I mean, she brought the fire, the smoke, the pow, she brought everything. And she was just sharing how, you know, when you apply to these jobs and, you know, they're either telling you, oh, take this little bit of money or whatever, that you are overqualified. You're applying to, it's not the right fit. You're applying to the wrong stuff. And she said, you'll get mad in your role. She made some really hilarious comments, but they were so true because she said, you'll get mad. You'll be mad at your manager. Like this person knows more less than me. And she's like, you're right. (laughs) He does know less than you. You're in the wrong spot. You can't get mad at the manager. Um, So if anyone has not seen that episode, you have got to watch her episode. I mean, she brought the house down. She said she'll be back in March um, because her schedule is super duper booked, but she was amazing. Um, and she talks about this, this exact thing, being overqualified, being, you know, applying to roles that are beneath you, taking compensation that's below you, all of that kind of stuff. So um, Yati go, says, what is your opinion on someone who has been DGM marketing and wants to move to CTC in security? And I don't know what DGM means. And I'm assuming CTC is something consumer, consumer to consumer. I don't know. I don't know what those acronyms are. BGM
1: is digital marketing and CTC, I don't know.
2: Okay. So, Yati, can you share with us what that means? Um, someone says, what's the bottleneck in IT that is not harvesting or growing middle-level security professionals?
1: So so the bottleneck is, is significant, and I'll explain what it is. So predominantly, the mid-level manager jobs You don't necessarily need the best um, technical person for it. You need someone who understands the tech, but also understands the business and understands the people and understands how to effectively communicate, lead, solve problems, call in help and do all those different things, as well as understand how to handle the politics, because there's a lot of politics the, the higher up the ladder you go. And right now, there aren't enough qualified people for those roles, number one. Number two, the people who apply for them don't provide you the diversity of thought you look for when trying to hire someone for leadership. And that's really, really important in management is you're not looking for someone to be within a square box. You're looking for someone to really kind of have the ability to not only manage a diverse team, but also provide diversity of thought moving upwards so when i look at a manager i don't look at how he's going to lead that team only i see how's this person going to behave around my round table when i'm bringing all my leaders together is this person going to be a everything you say is brilliant james you're the smartest person on the planet because that's not the kind of person i want i need leadership with a diversity of thought and that diversity of thought is different ways to problem solve Different ideas and different backgrounds, different experiences, bring different approaches. And that's critical in management. And that bottleneck today, does that talent today doesn't exist in this mid-level work. It just doesn't. It's not there. You predominantly get people who've been in a specific role for five years, 10 years, whatever. They've pretty much gone through the junior, actual role, senior, maybe been a team lead for a little bit, rotated, And they apply for these manager jobs. Now, they've got all the technical expertise, but they have none of the soft skills. They've got none of the diversity of thought. And so you end up a lot of times hiring bad managers because you don't have a choice, because the right people aren't applying. And that's where when you come from a different um, place, you come from a different – I want to say a different place, a a different uh, industry. You come from being a GM. You can always learn technical skills, but a lot of those other skills
3: aren't easily taught. James, that's where, that's where Carly Fiorina with HP put her money when she took over with globally, when she put somebody in a, in a global position uh, who are very technically skilled, but they would come back and say, what we need now are the management, the soft skills, the personal development, the professional development of the people underneath you, Uh, And that, that was, that was critical.
1: Yeah. You know, when you look at the technical roles and that's something that I think is really important that a lot of people don't think about most technical people I've ever worked with and work with today, look for their managers to also be their mentors. If not their direct manager, then the second, like the, the, the straight line to your direct manager, they want to see some sort of mentorship. And mentorship isn't always just technical. It's also the kind of skills that they lack, right? Someone who's able to sit someone down and take them for lunch and explain, this is how we have to calculate risk, or this is how we look at a specific project. This is why we want to integrate and build this program. Those things are really important in a business today, especially in a digital business. And we live in a digital marketplace, right? This isn't a tire shop. (laughs) <laughs> like, th- th- we live in in a place where um, we're constantly developing, technology's constantly evolving, and you're never going to have someone who knows everything. If you're lucky, you'll get someone who knows 70% of what they need to know and are hungry enough to learn the other 30 and be able to solve those problems. But you hope that by having a team, 70% from all those people adds up to over 100% at the end of the day in terms of problem solving, but you got to have a good manager that brings out that 30% that's untapped out there. And that's not always technical skills. And that's, I think, one of the, you know, I, I kind of hammer that point, because that's the resistance people give me. They go, what do I know? I'm a, I'm a finance guy. And I'm like, great, we need someone who understands finance and cyber who can manage finance. That's important for us.
2: Yeah, I think that um, when we start doing because we have um, so many more podcasts coming up this year that we can't we can't wait to start telling you about when it's all baked. But especially the leadership series is going to be so imperative because we have so many people who are going to come on and talk about that. Like when we look to hire these people in the mid level, in the mid management, in the, you know, the managers and the leaders and the team leads these are the types of things that we look for, and they're not all technical. Most of them, to James's point, are not technical. There's a lot of politics involved, which was what Christy talked about last week. You know, how to able to sit around a round table, how to not offend people, how to get things done, how, you know, partnering with the business and finance and other places that at the end of the day, security is not its own little bubble by itself. You know, we are here to support the business. Um, so, Dell says, we have that talent, James. So Dell, you know what to do, Dell. You've been around this block a few times. <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna post up um, the link for the security for the resumes it's um it's here in my little breaking into cybersecurity uh, link but that is actually you know what this is a good time to get people to go over to YouTube so we are trying to so when we work we use this platform I can't post things to LinkedIn unless I do it from my LinkedIn platform but I can post things to YouTube so folks go over to YouTube the link is there um and subscribe and give us five stars and all that other good stuff and um you will be able to drop your resume in and to to um chris's point earlier we have tons of people in resume reviews for you to be able to come on here and start talking about what you um what you do best and what you're looking to do next in your career. So I
4: wanna Sandra says Renee um, Small
2: on- thank you. Yeah go ahead go ahead Chris before we get into oh. Sandra's comments.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to touch on something that James mentioned. Um, If you can't find that mentorship, that leadership, that guidance within your organization, reach out to someone in the community. There's individuals in the community that are willing to mentor you. uh, There's coaches that are available that can help you. Um, There's lots of training that's out there that can help guide you. But on the On the soft skills, maybe it's volunteering somewhere where you can get those people skills or doing something for the community where you can gain that experience, say, at an IT conference where you're helping to lead a team of volunteers to deliver results that you can then use as your experience for um, discussing that in an interview, things like that. Yep.
2: Totally. Totally. Mafu says, I feel like the more important question is, with the person who wrote about removing certs, why should you remove certs from your resume? That sounds like someone working really hard to get into a role that they are too experienced for. And I thought this was such a It's also very good dishonest.
1: Advice. And there's an integrity issue with that. And I think Chris brought, it, brought a few things of those earlier. But to me, if I'm interviewing someone and all of a sudden I realize they misled us on their CV... Like, I don't mean to sound harsh, but that interview is over right then and there. Like, I'm just like, you have zero integrity at that point in front of me because I'd rather like integrity is everything. I got to trust the people I work with. And if you misled me on your CV to get the appointment, then, you know, I don't know what else you'll mislead me on later down the road.
2: Right. I used to tell people all the time you have seasoned professionals and they want to cut their resume down like oh i only want to you know there's ageism i said yes there is there's a lot of isms (laughs) however you do not want to show up and you're 55 and they're looking for a 35 year old like it's not it's not cool so you put below you know other experiences include and you list the other experiences that you had um, and you don't have to put a whole bunch of dates and yes, you don't need your date on your, you know, if you got your degree in 1978 or whatever, you don't need to put that on there. But you want to showcase that you are not, you know, you don't want a person looking at a 10 year resume and thinking, oh, you know, this person is showing up and they're likely 30 or 40, whatever, when they got out of school. And it's a really seasoned person. It's just um, disingenuous and it ends up turning off the interviewer. So you want to make sure right. that you keep. Um,
1: but that's you know. why, Renee, that's why the videos are such a great tool to be used, because what you can not articulate in a CV, you can easily articulate in a 90 second video, right? You're being able to sell your experience and say, if you're applying for a job that you may be overqualified for having a video and saying, I know that you guys do eighty uh, percent of your promotions are internal? So I know that I'm overqualified for this specific role I'm applying for, but I also know that my career path with your company is gonna be provide me with a greater trajectory over the long term by just doing that. So you've got to be able to leverage it. And the best way to do that in today's world is on video. Like I'm on this new app called Clubhouse, which I don't know if you heard about it. It's kind of like the audio version of Twitter. And I feel I like lo-
2: it's a 1990s three-way phone call on steroids, but go ahead. It's it's literally
1: like <laughs> Nextel push to talk, <laughs> right? So cool. But I love it. I love this app. So like, I'm a part of a bunch of groups, and I join in and I listen, and you know people are talking and people are asking questions and you know you you can get noticed even by audio alone even just recording an mp3 and putting out an mp3 of saying thank you for considering me for this role i realize i may be overqualified but let me tell you here are all the things and do some research on the company a lot of times people show up for interviews and they've done very little research like they've read the about us page no, Definitely. the about us page only is what I want, you know, other people to know. Talk to people inside the company, reach out to them on LinkedIn, connect with them, see what they're posting, ask them, what's the company like? Go on Glassdoor as much as I hate Glassdoor and read a little bit about the culture of the company. Um and kind of get get an idea so that way when and customize your video to that approach, especially if you're applying for something where, you know, I'm overqualified for this world, but I really want to work at this company because I know th- that's where I want my career to be. I want, you know, I kind of want to be Tom Brady for the Patriots. I want to play there for 20 years, then go play a year in Tampa Bay, win a Super Bowl on
4: Sunday, you and know, then, come then, back. then right off to the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think one of the important things is is the passion, right? You can't show that passion in, in written word, but. You can hear that passion in audio. you can see that passion on video, and that's one of the one of the ways that you can help stand out there. The other thing is if you're really working that hard um, to hide stuff on your resume because you're worried about ageism at a company, do you really want to be working there? You probably don't um, yeah. if it's that toxic of an environment. Um, Find somewhere where they would appreciate you, they'd appreciate your talents, and you're not going to get burnt out because you're trying to overcompensate because you're one of the classes. Um, Whether you're old, you're you're a female, you're a, a, a certain race, you don't want to burn yourself out because you're competing against others. You want to be in an environment where they appreciate you for you, they look for diverse thought. They look for diverse experiences, and you, you become part of that diverse uh, that diverse culture within that organization, and you're part of that, not competing to become part of that.
2: So, so true. So true. So well, Mafu says, did James just drop it? He's on Clubhouse. That was a very smooth. So <laughs> uh, I'm on there, too. I'm fishing around on Clubhouse
4: he's on tinder
1: too i think i'm just no don't say that my (laughs) wife's watching man what are you doing you're ratting me out
2: you're trying to get him in all kinds of trouble
1: (laughs) thanks if i'm not here next week it's because i've been beat up so bad i can't be on camera
2: oh my god um I think this is Sanju, who says, I agree with James about middle managers needing soft skills and mentorship. I have the soft skills due to working in a social science field before pivoting to tech and security. My problem is not getting mentorship on the job due to incompetency and people being overworked. What advice can you give to people looking for a job who want to make sure the potential employer will mentor and nurture the talent? Ask,
4: ask those questions in the interview. Like That's something that you will find out within three or four questions asking the interviewer, like what do you do to grow and mentor your talent? What are some of the things that you've seen developed from talent within? Like what happened to the last person in this role? Did they get promoted to another great opportunity internally? Did they go on to bigger and better things? And if you find an organization that will help develop you, they will gladly say that, hey, This person got a promotion. This person went off to another company and doing bigger and better things because they're happy for that. They want that growth. They want that development. Now, if you're trying to be shady about it, that's
3: a different story.
1: Yeah, Yeah, if you're looking for mentorship, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dr. Dan.
3: It It might also be a question to ask. Are they working with a management culture, traditional management culture, or do they have a coaching culture? If they have a coaching culture, which is unique, we put that, well, I don't know if it's unique now, but I know that when we did it with HP, it put people th- with the ability to manage people from a distance, remote teams, but it also required the person who was running the organization to really know what they did well and to support people. And it's a whole process of, of, uh, of getting people to, to know what they're going to do before they do it. And if they look at you and they say, "What do you mean I'm a coaching culture?" Then it might be an opportunity for you to help them develop a coaching culture if you have the soft skills background and understanding to do it.
2: I agree. I agree. So more comments here. Um, did we go through this? Sandra said, "I thought I had to put my soft skills and professional training skill aside." I have the IT background skills, skill set as well. I want to mesh both skill sets and still be great.
1: So Sandra, you can use the link for the CV for us to help you do that in the the resume review or reach out to any one of us individually and we'll help you put all of those skills in one really popping CV and then get you to do a video and then get you out there and get you hired um, in the right role that you deserve. Because I think those are critical skills um, when someone has the IT background and they've also got the soft skills and professional skills, um, then those are really, really important things to put together. And if you present it really well, um, if you've got a really good opening statement and you've got you're you're able to capture the attention, you you're likely to move on to the second and third stage.
2: Yep, exactly. Those skills are just so so needed. Um, Yati says, please share opinion for someone who was senior manager and a head of marketing in a startup, but now wants to move to cybersecurity with certifications like ISO 27001 and PRINCE2. Yati, I mean, my I guess advice would be it's easy to pivot when you have the profession that you're already in. So, you know, as a marketer, you may want to look at other larger firms. So if you're in cybersecurity marketing for a startup and it didn't work out and you want to pivot and use those marketing skills in other organizations, um, you know you can take the information and the knowledge and the skills that you've had and kind of translate that over and reach out to other organizations to see that may not be in that like baby startup stage but are further along to see if they need your marketing help Um, security awareness is probably another space where it kind of, kind of uses those types of skills, ways to get people to be more aware when it comes to security. So, um, that's my, that would be my piece of advice for you.
4: The the other thing to that is, um, a lot of companies prefer to hire someone that's already in that vertical. So financial healthcare, I don't know if marketing is that niche, but, um, Use that experience that you already know the industry and that you're adding on the cybersecurity skill set uh, to that knowledge to help that organization. Because you could know how you're doing things, and someone else that's coming from a different industry are, is going to have to learn that whole new skill set, that way of doing business, and you already know that.
2: Yep. Sandra had made an earlier comment that said, Thank you so much. This is perfect for me. She's a tech trainer, a leader. Uh, pd and a bridge gap filler so yeah you have all the awesome soft skills that people want um it's just making it creating that cv and that linkedin profile that's exciting for people um when they see it so did we go over timothy feel like what you said is needed with soft skills Okay, I feel like what you said is needed with the soft skills and management skills is right on. My question would be, how do you get past the hiring gatekeepers when the job posting only asks for technical skills and only judged by technical skills? Yeah, this is a good one.
1: So in every job, you see um, who this position that you're applying for reports to. Find the person who that job reports to on LinkedIn. Connect with them. Get some information from them about what they're looking for, meaning for this job. And then submit your CV through both systems, meaning to that person and through the HR system, and then follow up. Like, there's no magic tricks here. Um, you've got to reach out to the person who's eventually going to be the hiring manager beyond the HR person and connect with them. Get some info from them. See if, you, if you're if you really what they're looking for. Um, and then... Let them know that you've also applied through HR and send them your CV as well. So that way they're able to uh, follow up with HR and go, brilliant. Um, let's, let's give you know, Tim a call and bring him
4: in for an interview. I really like him. The other thing, uh, similar along those lines, is going the peer route. Uh, you might not know who the manager is, but if you find someone that works at that organization, um, that works within that group, Um, you could ask them as well if they know what the manager is looking for or if they have a referral system um, that they can use to help get you in.
2: That referral system is huge. So for many of you that do not know this, a lot of especially the large companies will give their internal employees a few thousand dollars to bring in um, a friend, a colleague or someone if the person gets hired. So if you get a peer. Who is inside the organization they can easily be making a couple of grand by referring you so that's so 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 important um when it, it comes to that go ahead
4: i was gonna say in addition to that usually the referrals um are they bypass the ats system and a, a recruiting person automatically reaches out to them i would say uh, nine times out of ten when i submitted through a referral I spoke to someone in HR, I spoke to a recruiter, I I spoke to a sourcer, I spoke to someone. So it gets you that instant access to that pipeline.
1: Now, I think we're almost out of time, but I think what, what we'll do is all the other questions that we maybe we didn't get a chance to get to will kind of answer manually post uh, episode.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll post them up. <laughs> Danielle, so as we're about to wrap, we got two minutes left. Danielle says, what about if a, what about if HR standardized job descriptions and the job title is not indicative of what you did? Um, Danielle, I'll answer that real quick. You definitely just want to go to the hiring leader and the peers. Like, you just want to completely skip out of the ATS and HR because HR is going to... to to move the, they're not going to bring if a person's resume says you know pen tester and I'm looking for a GRC person I am immediately as an in my with my HR hat on going to put that pen tester thing aside and, and in my mind say what is this pen tester doing looking for apply, you know appliances GRC job it doesn't make sense um, so you want to go directly to the hiring leaders and the peers and this is what we're doing in a 221 um, 2021 campaign. And with that, I will wrap for this afternoon. This has been fun, guys. Uh, Please like and subscribe as we shared earlier. Go to uh, Chris's um, LinkedIn profile so you can see the link so you can get the resumes done. We are going to continue these 1 p.m. Eastern. Tell all your friends, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Pacific. We'll be here every single Thursday, good Lord, for the rest of the year. (laughs) And
1: Naomi will be with us next week.
2: (laughs) Naomi is back. It will be fun. Um, And we're going to get you guys hired. Like We are all in. We are not playing games, and we are trying to get this done. So, everyone, we will see you next week.
3: See you next week. Bye, everybody. Arrivederci. Au
0: revoir. (laughs)